Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. How are you doing this fine Monday? I am super excited to um, be with you as always, but especially as on Saturday, so today as I'm recording this, is our second birthday. Uh, so the podcast is has been going for two years now, which um, is very exciting, a big milestone. Um, so we're 168, 169 episodes in. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we've, we've talked about a lot in, um, in those two years. We've had some amazing guests and conversations uh, well over 100 guests now um yeah it's been it's been a fun fun adventure and i'm excited for the next year the next two years and and however many more there are, there are to come um, i love having these conversations i love creating the show i've got a few slightly different fun episodes coming out in the in the future where i'm just trying things a little bit different for fun <laughs> because we because we can uh, so if you have any suggestions of anything uh, that you want to hear of guests that you think would be great to have on at the moment I'm on a, a sort of a break from recording interviews because I've already got the rest of this year sort of scheduled but sort of towards the end of this year beginning of next year I will be scheduling more interviews so if there's any particular topics that you want to cover or guests that you'd love to hear from then let me know uh, drop me a message uh, we are at psyche coaching p-s-y-k-h-e coaching across social media or you can email me hannah s h-a-n-n-a-h-s at psyche.co.uk as well i guess i am creating this for you <laughs> also for me <laughs> um because it has uh when it first started it was something um, as i was launching my coaching business of a way of going well you know, this could be a way to generate leads, etc, etc. And I have never really used it like that. It's become a real passion project um, that I love creating. And, you know, I, I really hope that you get benefit from it, that you enjoy it, that it is informative, inspiring, empowering, all of those kind of things, which is what we sort of set up to do. But I also get so much from all of the conversations um, that I have on here um, and I really enjoy it. So I'm having a great time. Hopefully you are as well. Um, yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And actually today's episode is really fun and something slightly, slightly different that we recorded this interview a little while ago. And right at the end, Steve mentions a book that is coming out this autumn. And actually this episode is part of his press tour for the book that is coming out. Uh, his book, The Corporate Introvert, um, and he'll mention that at the end. That's exciting. We've not been part, we've not been part of a press tour before, but yeah, I, I love this conversation with Steve talking about introversion and particularly sort of in the corporate space. Um, and I am a, a proud introvert myself, so um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So if you're an introvert, hopefully there's loads that you can take from this episode. If you're not, if you're an extrovert, hopefully this is going to help you to understand the introverts in your life a little better. Um, 
And yeah, I really hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. So I will be back super quickly at the end. Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest, Steve, to the podcast. So Steve, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Um, Exciting to be here. So I guess my story is really one of um, a late bloomer, if you will. I know a lot of people that um, they knew what they wanted to do from an early age, certainly from teenagerhood. They had a passion project or something like that. Um, I grew up and went to um, business school and entered the corporate work environment um, right out of school and worked for three decades in corporate America. And, um, you know, that was a good experience for me. I learned a lot. It was a great way to make a living, but I always felt like I was really not in my element and I felt like something was wrong. And I tended to feel like I was putting on a mask during the workday and I take it off at home, but I was completely exhausted by then. And I really wasn't sure for much of my life what that was. And later on, um, actually, as I was approaching retirement, I started to write again, which I had written when I'd done some writing when I was a kid, started to write and I was jotting down stories that I could remember. And I realized through the process that uh, there was this common thread of introversion that really went all the way back to my childhood, now that I can think about it in retrospect. And um, that played a prominent role in my life, still plays a prominent role in my life and answered a lot of my concerns and questions of why I felt different, why I was struggling. And eventually because I learned that it helped me to um, really uh, find a a healthy path through that. And that's kind of where I am right now is um, with a purpose of trying to learn more about introversion and share that with other people who may be having a common struggle at some point in their life. So that's, um, that's my purpose and what drives me these days. Yeah, so awesome. And uh, thank you for, for what you've shared. And I'm sure we'll dive into um, some more of that as we go. But I always like to start with a bit of a definition because, you know, mm. if we're talking about something like introversion and we probably all have our own interpretation of it, but some people might be like, oh, pff, what's that? Uh, mm. So I wonder if you could give us a brief definition of what you mean by introversion. Sure. And I think it's a great place to start, Hannah, because Um, There's so many uh, misnomers out there about introversion. And actually, I mean, you can even go, I've gone into uh, dictionaries and thesauruses that anybody can look up online and they have some of the worst words for for introversion, things like loner, antisocial, narcissist, icicle, um, non-extrovert. So yeah, it may be somewhat opposite of extroverts in some ways, but um, it's such a negative connotation, which Yeah, the dictionaries have it, but I think it's still pretty common in today's world. And that affects not only the reception that introverts get, whether in the workplace or socially, but it really impacts um, introverts themselves, who oftentimes when they get to a point where they connect with introversion, they feel like, that sounds like me, I would prefer to be in a quieter place than a loud place and so forth. Then they start to connect with these other common terms, which are pretty debilitating. And um, for me, what I believe is the best definition is really just how we uh, manage our energy. So as an example, you know, through a long work week, 
come Friday, an extrovert is likely to say, I'm ready to go out and go to dinner or go to a bar or go to parties or do things with other people. They get energy. They're able to wind down from the week by just having that time with others. And um, some want that for the whole weekend and others not quite that much, but that's the way they re-energize. Introverts are quite the opposite. We tend to re-energize not necessarily by being alone, but that can be a common theme, um, but just by um, more introspection and more time with either being alone or being in a smaller group. So a lot of introverts will wind down with uh, reading or music or taking a walk or having a dinner with a small group of intimate friends. And those are ways to re-energize. And so I think that's the best definition is if, if that sounds like a good weekend or a good evening to you, you're probably somewhere closer to the, uh, the introvert end of the spectrum. And if you'd rather go out and hang with others, you're probably on the other extreme, but we're all different and every situation can be different for each person. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I think energy is a great way of um, defining it. And I came across something recently. I don't know if you've seen this, if you agree with it and I can't remember all of them, but like four types of introvert. Mm. And one of them is a social introvert. Mm. And that actually was really interesting because I, I was like, actually today I, I popped into the office and there are quite a few people there. And I, so I was quite chatty and social. And then I was like, oh, now I can go back to my own <laughs> space. And I enjoyed yeah. the socializing people I know I feel comfortable with, but to recharge, I like my own space. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm probably that, but I also get social anxiety with people I don't know. So that's a whole other, <laughs> other dimension. But I think sometimes if people do enjoy that social side, then maybe they might go, oh, am I actually an introvert or am I an extrovert? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, a common um, theme there as well. I was on a podcast several months ago. And we had a little chat before we went live with the uh, hostess and she was great. And we had a nice conversation about backgrounds and things like that and so we get on the live show and she said she introduced me and she said you know I am so shocked that this guy is an introvert um, because we had a really nice chat beforehand and we laughed about it and it was a good uh, time but I think that's one of the um, uh, myths that a lot of people have about introverts is we can't socialize we don't want to socialize but as you said we actually um, can and want to we generally want to do it in shorter periods of time with smaller groups, preferably with people that we know, and in topics that dive into some amount of depth or sharing as opposed to just general chit chat. But, you know, introverts do enjoy that social time. We need that social time. I think for many of us, um, lockdowns over the last year have been uh, quite difficult, maybe not as difficult as those extroverts that really want to socialize more often, but it has been quite difficult. And um, so I think that is something that um, I've, I've heard other people, introverts even say, well, I need to be more extroverted, or I'm going to go put my extrovert on and go to work. And, you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit in jest, but I really think it's important um, that we find authenticity and try and be ourselves. And if that means that we want to go to a dinner or a social, then we should certainly do that. And if that means we want to leave an hour later, then we should be fine to do that. That's how we manage our energy. That's definitely something I do. I um, I went to the theater before and actually I quite, I don't mind going by myself to things like that because I enjoy it. And then I don't necessarily have to socialize or try and find someone to go with me whose mm -hmm. company I don't mind for that amount of time. And I went to um, talk to ballet, actually, Swan Lake. But I left before the end because it's so crowded in the theater. And I just reached a point. I was like, 
I'm just stressed now. I'm not enjoying it. I've had enough. I'm going to go. And actually, because I was by myself, I could. Yeah, I, I found um, for many years when I was at work, I, it was just completely exhausting. When I realized why that was so, because there were so many stressful things during the day, whether it was a meeting or a debate or something like that, that, that or something that happened to pop up that I couldn't prepare for, I realized that what I needed to do was I was, I was not managing my energy well. And so after that, I started coming into the office earlier so I could get some things done. So that helped me and do things that I actually enjoyed doing so that could boost my energy. Then I might have a meeting and I might enjoy the meeting, but by the time I'm done, I'm kind of worn out a little bit. So try and have a little bit of a break, maybe very small, but a little bit of a break, take a walk, um, whatever, and um, and then go to the next thing. Because I found before that, what I was doing is I was just driving through the whole day. And then by the time I came home, I was just completely exhausted. So I think it is managing that. And even, um, you know, I I got to the point where sometimes I would go out for lunches by myself, uh, similar to what you were talking about. And it's just a way to recuperate in the middle of the day. And I think some people felt like that was kind of weird or aloofness. Um, but I shared with them that really this is my way to re-energize so that I can have the energy to participate in whatever we have going on in the afternoon. And um, that felt strange initially, but I knew it was worthwhile and the best way for me to manage my own energy during the day. Yeah. And was that difficult to, to be able to, I guess, one, to be able to recognize what, what you need to be able to get through the day, but then to communicate it to other people and it be accepted yeah, I think that's really hard, especially, I believe, in, in any work environment. And I know in the corporate environment that I was working in, you know, it was not a, what I would term a bad environment, but clearly um, it was dominated by extroverts. And so I think a lot of introverts, including myself, felt like, you know, I certainly wasn't going to raise my hand and say, hey, I'm an introvert, because that didn't sound like it would be very supportive. Most of the leaders appeared to be. Um, extroverts. And so if I wanted to climb the ladder of my career, I probably needed to at least not stick out like a sore thumb, if not get along with the other people. Um, But I realized, I mean, I tried to do that for a couple of decades. And I um, found that my health suffered, my family life suffered, you know, just anybody trying to be something they're not, for whatever reason, will suffer. And maybe my career actually benefited from doing some of that, but it certainly was not worth it. And when I realized uh, midway through my career that that was really debilitating for me personally, I knew I had to do something different. So either I had to change or I had to change my situation of some sort. And thankfully, I came to the conclusion after kind of talking to a lot of people and learning more about introversion that it wasn't that I needed to change. Um, I just needed to be myself. And um, if others didn't like it, then that maybe I needed to be somewhere else, but I was going to give it a try. And when I finally did make that attempt, I realized, um, I mean, I felt like I was always alone in my, in my life. Even when I had close friends and wife and things like that, I always kind of felt like I was alone. But then I realized about half the people in the world and in most workforces are introverts. You know, we're all just quiet. We're the underrecognized group of people because nobody, nobody's loud and bombastic and nobody raises their hand. But there's a lot of other introverts out there. And I think once we share that introversion at work, 
um, even in casual conversations with friends. And suddenly we find there's a group of, there's a community that we can work with together to help ourselves. And that there's actually, I mean, a lot of successful introverts at very high levels in companies and in other parts of society that that can be role models for the rest of us that are trying to just um, make it through and rise above the struggles that maybe we've endured for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, because I know, you know, like you said, a lot of um, corporate life education system, they're set up that kind of extroverted model, aren't they, of all oh, mm-hmm. speak up, participate, that kind of thing. And I wonder from your perspective, whether you think that that um, maybe I don't know if pressure is the right word to try and mask and to try and fit in, whether that's something that's just unspoken that you just kind of pick up on that feeling or whether there almost is that, maybe not spoken, but kind of felt expectation that you behave that way. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great question. And I've thought about that because one of the phrases that I heard real, relatively early in my career, but I think people still hear it today is fake it till you make it. And I think a lot of people might say, well, that's really like if you're in a new job and you have to learn about technical things that you don't yet know, you try and kind of muddle your way through and figure it out until you really know it. But for me, I heard that and I thought that's the way I need to manage my personality. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And so I'm going to I'm going to conform more to the societal norms inside the organization. And I think a lot of other people do that. What I found um, kind of conversely later in my career is that if introverts did speak up and um, many leaders that are introverts that weren't speaking up, they, they can become the role models that other people um, need, to, need to rally around. They can help people to understand it. Yeah, it may not be the norm that you see, but um, but there are plenty of introverts in successful positions and actually the companies need that diversity of thought in their business in order to succeed. So they, they need us as much as we need to be ourselves, but that's a long journey for many people. Yeah. And I guess you use the phrase societal norms. And I guess that's when you're growing up and you're trying to figure out how you fit in and you're, you're seeing all of that stuff. It, Mm -hmm. it can take a while, I think for a lot of people, particularly if you've maybe had some adverse life experiences to really feel comfortable in being yourself in those spaces. Yeah, I definitely agree. One of the things I talk about on my, uh, on my website, I I put a blog out and we talk about um, the five phases of introversion and I think that when, as I've um, interfaced with other people um, in the introvert community, I think it's a common set of stages, but people go through them in different ways. But generally it starts with just being unaware. So, um, you know, I mean, from an early age as a kid, you don't really hear about the term introversion. You don't know what it is. You feel, I know I felt different. My mom, I had three older sisters that were primarily extroverted, battling the phone to talk talk all evening long. And, um, and I didn't want to do that at all. And so, but my mom nudged me outside to go play with the kids in the neighborhood. And I was happy to do that for a little while, but then I was ready to come back and do my own hobbies. And, um, you know, it was a loving environment, but she really felt like she needed to keep nudging me out there and line up play dates and all sorts of other stuff, because that's what she did with my sisters. And that was kind of her personality as well. And so I think a lot of people go through both childhood as well as 
adolescence feeling like I'm different. I don't feel the same. I'm not comfortable in certain situations. I'm not sure why or what it is. So I'm unaware. Then somewhere along the way, they somebody might bring it up and mention introversion or they hear about it. Or I took a, a personality test when I started work and, um, and it identified me as an introvert. And so I thought, well, I mean, so I asked what that really meant, but we didn't really debrief it. So now all I know is I got this label and we all know labels can be a, a problem. And so I've got this label and without really a good understanding of what that means, I affix all these other terms that we talked about earlier to that label. So it was really kind of depressing to feel like, oh, I'm an introvert. So I'm going to be a second class citizen and I'm going to have these struggles and all this other stuff. And when we try and fake our way through it, it really is, is horrible because it tells ourselves that we're not good enough as we are. So we have to try and become somebody else. And so some people go through the first two phases, unaware or um, uninformed is what I call the second phase for decades. And we did some, took some polls through our website and found that some people went into their 50s and 60s still un, unaware or uninformed. But once you get to the point where you find that quality of information, whether it's a book or uh, Susan Cain wrote the book Quiet, which is kind of like the Bible for introverts about 10 or 12 years ago, or other resources where you can really understand the true nature of what introverts have and our strengths and our abilities. Then we go to this third phase of, um, of enlightenment where we're just learning. And it oftentimes is a short phase because it's exciting. Suddenly things are positive and we're not alone and we're, we can contribute and all these other things. And then the fourth phase is contentment where you know, now I'm content with who I am. I'm fine to be alone. I like to be alone. I don't worry about what other people think. I like to use my strengths to manage meetings or do things socially in the way I want to do it. And um, that, can that can take a long time to get to, but once it's there, then many introverts will say, you know, I used to feel like this was a curse, but it's actually a blessing. And the fifth phase is for those people that really have a lot of ambition and they, they have a drive to do things that earlier in their life, they never thought they would ever be able to do. Never thought I'd ever be able to make speeches or do that sort of stuff. Never thought I could be an entrepreneur or whatever it could be. And suddenly I'm doing those because I'm using my strengths. And, you know, that's kind of the pinnacle of development. So I think a lot of introverts are going through these different phases um, and one of the things that I hope to do and through, through podcasts like this and other things is just help other people to accelerate that, that journey. So, you know, nobody says you have to be 30, 40 or 50 before you get to this enlightenment phase. You can be a teenager and do that. You just need the right support and you need to be able to kind of learn more um, and get the best resources to help you. Thank you. So that's so interesting to hear the, the kind of the, the phases and, and I was trying to think about where I am on those. I definitely not, you know, know kind of how I am. And I feel like now I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to just really appreciate my strengths, the things I find difficult and learn to manage them. And it's interesting, actually, I am um, setting up a social enterprise and I'm technically the CEO. <laughs> and but we're going a really like collaborative way, a really kind of like democratic thing. And I don't know whether that's just me and my values or it's something about introversion maybe and not wanting to be the kind of you know big like hey look at me I'm in charge of all this I don't yeah. know but um it's interesting that I think when you have that self-awareness and that understanding and you can really play with all of those strengths and yeah 
Yeah, and it builds, you know, your confidence so much because instead of having to pretend you're somebody else, which is not very uh, confident building, that you can feel comfortable that, hey, I'm doing things I never thought I would do and I'm doing them my way and I'm learning and I, you know, we all make mistakes and we try and we find different ways. And um, I think what you described as far, far as like a collaborative work environment or a group is more common amongst introverts. So everybody is different, but the command and control type of leadership, if you want to call it that, or management anyway, that was very common in the 80s and 90s and it still exists in some organizations today, but it's really becoming part of the past, not only because it doesn't drive the best decisions, but it also really pushes a lot of employees away, whether they're introverts or extroverts, who wants to be kind of working for a dictator who forces you to do what they think is right without at least asking for your um, opinions. And I think introverts are really good at um, thinking things through, having a balanced um, discussion. Um, listening is a really strong um, trait for introverts. Uh, being thoughtful about what other people are thinking and, and, and going through. And so, yeah, I think that's part of the revolution that goes on in companies to change the way leadership is happening is kind of inviting in a, in a um, odd sort of way, it's inviting introverts into that leadership equation because um, the companies need that different kind of style. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder if um, if you can share any tips you've got from your own experience or from your research and the work you do uh, for introverts, if they, you know, in that social workspace and if they're just thinking like, oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this or, you know, any, just any um, advice you have for us. So I think that um, we've talked a bit about it, but I think the first thing is learning, which introverts oftentimes love to learn, read, um, uh, check out documentaries, whatever else it is, but just to learn. And I think here, that's a good first step to learn about what introversion is and is not, and then to turn it more inward and learn about what, what um, is important to us, what are our values, what are our strengths, and then to kind of let that take over and, and, and enable that to drive our decisions instead of being so outwardly focused which is not our nature, but we, we oftentimes flip and be outwardly focused because we feel like I've got to compete with this person and that person, and I've got to mirror what this person does and how they do it. And so I think if we can just get to the point of learning and then embracing our true selves, that we are definitely on the right path. So I think that's, um, and, and to get there, some of it is introspective time. Right. So a lot, I would encourage introverts in particular to journal, you know, some people journal daily, some people journal less frequently or whenever they feel it. But I think it's a great way to get thoughts out of our head onto paper and we can kind of think through these sort of things. I think that's really healthy instead of having it all bungled up in our mind and not really being able to figure it out um, as easily. And so I would encourage people to do that and, and to kind of work through it, usually in small steps. I mean, I don't think somebody... Um, listens to this podcast, reads a book, and then says, well, tomorrow I'm going to go in and I'm going to declare to everybody that I'm an introvert. I think it's small steps where we have to build our own confidence and our own self-awareness. And then we can um, kind of chip away at things to create the right environment for us to be able to flourish. And uh, so those are, I think, um, great places to start for anybody that's anywhere on the journey, really. 
Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, and I wonder, we mentioned a little bit about some of those kind of uh, myths or misunderstandings that people have about introversion. I wonder if there are any other big ones that you hear all the time. Um, certainly the social one, but um, a lot of the time um, uh, introverts are considered to be aloof, you know, that we just don't care. We're not really interested in things. Uh, we're not great leaders. Um, because, you know, the picture that many people have in their mind is leadership is, is um, brash and loud and quick decisions and all that sort of stuff. And so if that's the myth that's out there, then, um, then it's true. We're not the brash, loud people that make spontaneous decisions. And I think that's actually a good thing. Um, so I, I think that holds a lot of introverts back from the opportunities to be in leadership positions, not just because of the thoughts of maybe an extrovert dominated leadership um, organization, but also the thoughts of introverts who kind of get in their head that I'm not sure I could do that because I see these other people and the way they lead and that's not something I'm comfortable with. But I think the myth that we can't um, lead is definitely falling, starting to fall by the wayside. And if anybody's listening and feels like they're in that position, you know, they can do it. And not only can they do it, but the companies need them to um, step up and be ourselves and lead that way. And if your company at the end of the day doesn't embrace that or doesn't invite that, then maybe it's time to find a place that does. Yeah. Or create your own, maybe. I think, around, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel for myself, I feel like that's the direction I'm heading that actually, um, whether I've just at, at the moment, actually, in my job, I do have really great management, but I have had some not great <laughs> leadership management before. And I don't know, I just like the idea of being able to, I don't know, march to my own tune or something and not have, be beholden to someone else. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think, um, you know, since we're talking about this, one of the other myths that I see out there is a lot of people believe that introverts are most successful in certain kinds of jobs and extroverts are more successful in other kinds of jobs. So they tend to say, oh, well, an introvert would be best kind of working on a computer or being an accountant or doing something with a writer or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with any of those professions and many introverts fill those, those roles. But there's also many introverts that are great speakers, um, great salespeople. It's just going about it using your own strengths. So um, I had a person do a guest blog on my website a while back, and she was a very successful salesperson. And she said, you know, I learned that I was going to do it differently than anybody else. But I created some of the best relationships with my counterparties or customers that anybody did in the organization because I spent the time to really know them. So we, we might not go out and chit chat and at, at the bar every weekend, but, but we really got to know each other and I understood their business and I understood um, what drove that and what they were looking for. And she was a very successful salesperson. So I think, you know, that's not for everybody, but it's, but no job is for everybody. It really depends on what your passions are and what your strength is. And if that's true, if you find those and you can identify and apply your strengths to them, then you can be successful in anything. I think we should never limit ourselves just because people don't think that we could actually do it. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, Steve, I wonder if you have a final thought on uh, introversion or, or anything uh, that you'd like to share before I ask you my set questions. I think I mentioned earlier that Sometimes it takes a long time before introverts feel like it's a blessing instead of a curse. 
And I think that um, for the audience, it's good to just think about um, the opportunities that are ahead, that whatever your dreams are, you can attain those dreams. Um, there's a path. Uh, it might seem like a long path and that it's difficult or impossible, but I think step by step is the way to kind of be able to recognize those dreams and develop the confidence to be yourself and be as successful as you want to be. So uh, don't don't give up and just keep um, working at it and find the right support and the resources around you that will help you in your journey. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, like I said, I have some set questions I ask everyone that comes on and I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. And um, sure. yeah, the first one is what brings you joy in your life? So it might sound like a trite answer, but my answer is people. But as an introvert, I think that surprise that answer surprises even myself i mean i i worked um in the same company for 30 years and i went to many retirement parties where a lot of people would say yeah, i'm going to miss the people and the experiences i had with all the people and my eyes rolled back because i thought most of my stress at work is because of all this interface with all these people so the the last thing i'm going to miss are the people i just want to i want to be by myself and i want to not have this stress but when I had my retirement party um, uh, several years ago, I realized leading up to that, that it was the people and it was the interface that I had with those people at work. And certainly now I have a lot more, a lot greater opportunity to spend time at home with my family and my kids. And so whether it's it's those people or the experiences I had for 30, um, 30 years in, in a certain company, that, that it really is about the people that we interface with, even for introverts. Yeah, so interesting. Um, so the next question, sometimes it's uh, similar, sometimes it's not, which is always interesting. And that is what makes life meaningful for you? I think it's, I think it's purpose. I think, I think everybody needs to have a purpose and it can be whatever you want it to be. It's a very personal thing, but um, I enjoyed, for the most part, I enjoyed my 30 years of working. Um, but when I retired and started writing and doing more things to discover my own self and to engage with other introverts who are going through this journey, it really became a purpose for me. And so, you know, whatever it is for anybody, if you've got a purpose that you are just passionate about, you're not looking at the clock, you're not wishing you could go home, you know, it's just something that drives you. And I think it's, um, it's, uh, been real enjoyable to find that purpose, even if it is later in life, because I think that that's, there's so much work that can be done and so much change that needs to be done. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Uh, so my next two questions are around our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental well-being. And the first one is what does mental well-being or mental wellness mean to you? I think I've I've gone through um, a bit of a roller coaster on that over my life. Um, my uh, my mother suffered from agoraphobia when I was a kid. I wasn't really sure what that was. And so I grew up early on feeling like, and she didn't talk about it. This was in like the seventies. And so I felt like um, something was wrong, but I didn't really know. And my family really was one that didn't talk about those sort of things. And so for me as a child, mental health was kind of that taboo topic, which I think was pretty common, especially back in the seventies and eighties. 
Um, but as I was going through these struggles as an introvert, it was really, I can never recall having that conversation with my parents of feeling different or not knowing what was going on. And so that was really a struggle. Uh, over time, I've learned um, differently. And so I think for me, it really helps to keep things in perspective. So we all have good days and bad days. And, um, but just to realize that um, that's part of life and um, that it's never as bad as it seems and never, uh, and, and to enjoy the great parts as well, but just to keep things in perspective so we don't feel like it's, uh, you know, the end of the world. Um, and also to kind of find that support group, whether it's um, therapists or family members or a close friend and confidant to be able to work through those periods. And those, those things have helped me to kind of become more stabilized in my, um, in my own mental health. Yeah. Awesome. I think you've um, just then answered my follow-up question, but I'll ask it again anyway, in case okay. you want to add anything. Uh, and that is what for yourself, what you do to look after your mental well-being. Um, so we did talk about some of that just, just now, but also I think when we talked about the energy equation of just trying to, for me, it's, it, it's just trying to monitor how my kind of energy battery is during the day. And if I feel like I'm winding down, which brings on stress and set can bring on sadness or anxiety and being overwhelmed that I know I need to take a break. And so like we, we talked about breaks, lunch breaks, or grab a, a few minutes and do some reading, or, I mean, I've gotten to the point where if I'm at parties and I feel like that's, I'm winding down, but I'm not ready to leave, then, you know, I either go take a walk or help somebody do the dishes or go to the restroom and just, just take five minutes to, to relax and get my perspective straight and, and re-energize has really made a, a difference in how I approach even the most stressful sort of situations. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, the next question is sometimes a bit of a challenge. So we'll see. Sorry. Um, if it is. Um, and that is, how would you describe your own mindset? I think over the last several years, I've learned a lot about moderation and when most of the years of my life, when I was growing up, I felt like moderation was, I mean, it's not a glitzy word. It's not exciting to say I'm doing things in moderation, but I found that um, has really helped me considerably because before that I um, kind of went with the flow and I love to do things. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not jumping out of airplanes, but you know, instead of going to the gym for a modest amount of time and, and getting a good workout in and enjoying it and going, you know, three or four times a week, I was going six times a week. I was pushing myself. I would um, do half marathon and, um, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just an extreme lifestyle of whatever I fixed to for that period of time, I would push it to an extreme. And I found that was um, exciting um, and honestly, some of the things that I do remember in my life, but also it was not sustainable and it was exhausting and it wasn't just exercise, but it could have been, you know, I felt um, we talked about some of the stress at work. And so I felt like I needed to work extra hard. And so I would work 60 hours a week in order to prepare for meetings, in order to try and make sure that I was doing the right thing and in order to kind of live that life that other people kind of expected me to live. And, and that, um, that extreme was not healthy for me. 
And so while it's not exciting, glamorous or sexy, I think moderation has really helped for me to feel like I'm, um, I'm able to get more done and be happier in that way. Yeah, thank you for that. I don't know that that's something that someone's given as an answer before to, to this question, but it's, it's always so interesting because people interpret it in different yeah. ways and yeah. And I think some people think moderation is mediocrity and I, that is not at all what I'm saying. I, I think that whatever you're doing, do it with vigor and passion, um, but you don't need to be doing it all the time. You don't need to drop everything else in your life to pursue this one thing and do it to an extreme. You can do things with passion and still do it with moderation. It makes me think of um, Aristotle and his like the golden mean that it's like walking that line between two extremes. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. so there you go. It's very... Aristotle, Aristotelian, I don't know what the right, <laughs> how you say that. Anyway, um, it's my philosophy coming back from uh, from college. Anyway, um, my next question is my favorite one to ask. And I know we gave some advice for introverts earlier and this could be for introverts, it could be kind of more generally. Um, but I always ask everyone that comes on to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that we could try in our life that could have a massive impact. I think that, um... Well, I'll give you two. One of them that I've found has been so important for me is positive self-talk. So, so often we have voices in our mind and introverts, I think, especially listen and, and create the environment to have these voices in our mind that are oftentimes belittling, right? We look at, at what we did in this meeting or whatever at the party and we, you know, feel like we didn't meet up live up to our expectations. And so, you know, why did I do that? And I should have done better. And, you know, Bill over there did a great job or, or whatever. And I just, I'm, I'm crappy at this. And I think just surrounding ourselves with positive self-talk about the things that we did, and it doesn't have to be grandiose things, but it can be, you know, Hey, I, I went to that party. I didn't have to go to that party, but I went there and I chatted with a couple of people and we had a good conversation. And then I left when I was ready. So I, I would, I performed my moderation, but I, you know, I, I did things and I'm very proud of that. And we don't recognize those things very often. So I think the positive self-talk when we look back, but also when we're preparing for, if it's a meeting, instead of going to this, oh, this meeting, and I think I'm gonna, I hate these things. And, you know, it's gonna be so contentious that, yeah, we need to prepare for the meetings, but then we also need to prepare our mindset and say, you know, I, I can do this. I'm very good at these meetings because I do it my way and I'm gonna roll with the punches and I'm gonna um, have a really successful meeting. The, surprisingly, that changes a lot when we change the voice inside our head. So I think that's really important. And then the other thing I would say, we touched on this a bit earlier, is that it's not the big leaps, it's the small little changes. Uh, big leaps are scary. We don't know where we're going. It's hard to fathom that. And oftentimes it can be difficult. Um, but small little changes in our life um, are things that we can do. And we should champion those changes. We should champion the attempts, even if we're not successful in all of them. And I think those little things build up the confidence to um, support us being able to do more. And that's always a positive thing. So that's what I would leave with you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for those. Um, my next one's a recommendation question and I classic introvert, love to read. You can't see all my books behind me. Um, and uh, so I'm asking everyone that comes on if they have a recommendation for 
a book or a TED talk, if they're more you know visual, um, mm. that has been really impactful in your life that you recommend that we check out? So one of my favorite books is um, Self Compassion by Kristen Neff. And um, it really, I read this a few years ago and it changed the way I thought about myself, really. I mean, it, it, it's a, affiliated with the whole talk we just had on positive self-talk, but it was um, the, a change of mindset from working the, the life and trying to compete with other people and having goals that were either mandated and set for me or by me by looking at other people and what I thought they were doing to really looking inward and saying, you know what, my goals are, are for myself and I'm just trying and I'm going to make attempts. I'm going to make small changes when I wish to make those things. And I'm going to be compassionate and, and champion those things and try and kind of give myself that pat on the back that we all enjoy when somebody does that at work doesn't usually happen very often, but you know, we are, we are making it, we're doing it. And so we should um, give ourselves that pat on the back. So Kristen Neff's self-compassion was a, a life changer for me. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I always love to hear kind of recommendations and add them to my massive reading list. Sure. Um, <laughs> so the next one, this is my new question that um, I've been thinking about throwing in and I was thinking about making it about mental health, but I think I'm going to leave it more broad. So, and it's, going to try and <laughs> if you can give me one thing which I, I re appreciate this is going to be a challenge but one thing that you think would make the world a better place mm, so I just so one thing so you build this up properly because it's making me think about it but I would say one thing I would say is authenticity if everybody could just be themselves, not worry about what other people think, but just be themselves, the world needs um, everybody's strengths and personality. If we all conform and we're the same, or we try and be the same, we're gonna get the same old sort of one-sided decisions and problem solving and ideas and products and approach to world problems that we've had forever. Um, but if we have the diversity of the world, then that, that's where we can make a difference. But it takes everybody just feeling comfortable that we're, we are who we are. And that's who I'm going to bring into the room is my true self. Love it. Thanks so much. It's, I think it's hard, isn't it? Like one thing, one thing that's going to change the world. But... Yes, that's yeah. a good, great, great question. Yeah. And that brings me to my final question, uh, which is where people can connect with you online. Um, I know you mentioned about transitioning to being a writer if you want to tell us anything that you've got uh, out there that we can read where can we find sure. you yeah so I used to write as a kid and I've really enjoyed reconnecting with it over the last several years so the easiest way to find me is on my website it's beyondintroversion.com and on my website, I do weekly blogs on a wide variety of topics um, for introverts today. I have quizzes that you can take to kind of identify some of your strengths and give some tips on how to grow and use those strengths and how to, how to apply your strengths in leadership sort of positions. Um, I have one book that came out last year, which is In Search of Courage, um, An Introvert Struggle. And I've got a business leadership book coming out this fall, which I'm very excited about, The Corporate Introvert, How to Lead and Thrive with Confidence. And I think it's, um, we talked about some of the items in there, but it's really just trying to provide that path and guide 
guidebook to introverts because they can do all those sort of things. So the best way to find me is again on my um, website, beyondintroversion.com. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you nice and easily from there. Thank you thank so, much. You so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, introversion is a, such an interesting topic, I think. And, and also, cause I think a lot is so resonant for me in my experience. So mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, helps me make sense of myself and that's always a, a fun thing, but thank you for everything that you've shared with us. I really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. So massive thank you again to Steve for joining us. And as I said, we are part of his press tour. So let me share a little bit of information about Steve's book. The best place to to find his book, I'll share that, I'll share it again at the end as well, but is www.beyondintroversion.com forward slash TCI. So a little bit about his book and I have had a little sneak peek and it is awesome. So (laughs) it's an introvert's ultimate guide to becoming an inspiring leader. Discover how to bring to life your hidden talents and strengths. Um, And so Steve uses the the analogy of leadership for introverts resembling a tree. For a tree's canopy to be expansive and beautiful, it must have healthy roots, strong branches and environment in which it can flourish. And I love a metaphor, (laughs) as I'm sure lots of us do. Um, So as Steve says, for an introvert to flourish in a corporate environment, you have to learn, you must learn how to lead with authenticity and certainty. Um, and it, and it, the the book, the corporate introvert, is showing you how to bring, how to build, bleh, how to build a strong tree that empowers you to become a respected, successful leader, build confidence, and realize your dreams. Capitalize on your talents, values, and passions. Shed your mask and master your energy battery shine in meetings networking communications and more so this is really a blueprint uh, for inner growth with stories and models that the that will impact you immediately um, and if you get the book you might see a little uh, a little note <laughs> in the front from me um you know the sort of uh, review type things that people write on the front and back pages so that was really really exciting uh, to to do that um so yeah i mean i love a metaphor um, I love anything that has things that you, you can kind of um, bounce off of and get ideas from and, and apply immediately into your life. And, you know, I am a fan of a great book. Um, so if you are an introvert, if you're in the corporate space and you are really feeling the drain and the overwhelm from that mask of trying to be something you're not in that space because you feel that that is how you have to be in that space and you know masking is something for many reasons in many ways that I have done at various times in my life and it is draining <laughs> it's so tiring and then I can get into this um I think uh recently we talked about it, this idea of like an introversion hangover where you um you just need to veg basically for a bit to get your energy back on track and you know I think with Steve's book it's helping you to not get to that point (laughs) because you're just being more authentic you're um you're recognizing what you need and communicating that and and sort of um yeah just managing your energy better and I think that is something that for so many of us we we maybe need to think about and I think particularly at the moment when I don't know globally it just feels like the energy is (laughs) is all over the place so yeah uh, 
that's Steve's book. It's published. It's coming out on the 6th of October. So that's important information. So um, as I said, we're part of his podcast tour. Very exciting with the fourth show that he is um, on this this little virtual tour, which is very exciting. And I feel like if I get my act together and actually finish writing a book about mental well-being that I've sort of been thinking about, maybe I'll do something similar. So <laughs> thanks to Steve for the idea. Um, but yes, check out Steve's website, beyondintroversion.com forward slash TCI uh, to, to get the book uh, if you're interested. And um, yeah, I, again, massive thank you to Steve for joining us and everything that he has shared in this episode. Um, I think I've definitely taken a lot away and it's something I'm thinking about being more authentic. And it's funny because I've, I've started this new role uh, which I, th- I think I mentioned uh, a day a week where I'm lecturing, which is very exciting. My first time being called a lecturer. And actually, I think on the surface, I possibly look <laughs> very extroverted in the classroom because I think the nature of teaching is you kind of have to be at the front. And and actually, the the lessons seem to be becoming quite extroverted on the surface because it's, ve- it's very discussion based and also me <laughs> lecturing. But um it's very small classes, which is lovely. But I think actually I am so passionate about the subject that I'm teaching, teaching psychology and sociology. I love the subject. I love talking about it. I actually feel like I'm just in flow. I'm being authentic. I'm being a bit geeky. I'm being <laughs> a bit weird and a bit woo over the place. I'm just being me. I'm not feeling like, oh, I have to put on something and be this particular way um, to, to do this job. I am being me and actually that that sort of passion for the subject is coming through but actually it probably means that I am presenting in quite an extroverted way but because it's coming from a place of authenticity I think it's still tiring um actually particularly physically being on my feet all day which I'd forgotten how tiring that can be but not so much energetically because I think the it's it is what well, is really deep discussion which probably leans more to that kind of introversion type preferred style um yeah so it's very interesting and I think actually this was a very a good episode for me to listen to when I'm thinking about setting up those lessons and that yes it's amazing to to share the content to have discussions and to share ideas but also to be mindful that that format is a, a kind of more extroverted bias one and so making sure that yeah there is some space for people to to learn in the way that they learn and not expecting everyone to participate and be as vocal and trying to balance that so people don't feel overwhelmed by maybe more extroverted members of the of the class so that will be a fun interesting challenge for me uh, as we go forward but um yeah I hope you have enjoyed this episode I would love to hear what you thought of it, what you're taking away from it. So you can connect with me on social media at Psyche Coaching across everywhere, um, particularly Facebook and Instagram. Um, and yeah, I would um, love to hear your feedback and I'm sure Steve would as well. Uh, so yeah, 6th of October, his book comes out. Hope you've enjoyed this this episode, the press tour. Um, lots of fun. <laughs> so I'll be back next week. And I believe next week we are having our strategy roundup. So we do these kind of periodically and it is our 10th one, which 
massive that <laughs> we've had enough episodes to have had 10 roundups. So uh, if you've not listened to these before, this is where uh, I take the tips that people have shared with us and kind of put them into one big strategy roundup that you can dip into for ideas if you are not feeling so great, if you are feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, if you just need a bit of a boost, you need some ideas of things to try for you. Um, I feel like they're a really great resource to dip into. So uh, that's next week. Um, I hope you join us again for that. Until next week, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.